Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Way to make you 1045 The Zone. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Uh, I hope you're in good condition. Because if you caught uh, any of these veteran players talking earlier, they, as Lucas mentioned in his updates, they mentioned conditioning, 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 conditioning. Tyler in the Zone TV chat has already weighed in. Lonzo says good afternoon. So does Tyler. Then Tyler adds, on today's segment of What Caught Your Attention, Sean Murphy Bunning talking about how intense this conditioning is compared to other teams. Meanwhile, he says the Titans have led the league in injuries two straight years. <laughs> so, no, he Button didn't say that. Who said that? The, 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 no, uh, Tyler said that. Oh, Tyler. He said Bunting talking about how intense the conditioning is. Right, and right. Tyler added, meanwhile, this is the team that's led the league in injuries the last two years. It's new dudes today other than Traylon Burks. Everybody was new. And Lucas, what would you so put? all the, of them were saying the same thing? Yep. What would you put the over-undering? Over under on the C word. <laughs> How many times? Yep. Yeah, because Aziz Al Shire talked about it a lot too. I bet the word was used. If I had to put an over under on it, I would say eight and a half total. Yeah. yeah. So I was writing my notes and I said, Sean Murphy Bunning mentioned a few times about how hard they are working. Aziz Al Shire, first thing, he's talking about how hard they are working. Daniel Brunskill. Also mentioned conditioning. <laughs> oh, this is an old lineman. Yeah. So they're. Uh, and they're coming from other organizations. So I, I'm, you know, I could be totally wrong. That means that uh, they probably weren't doing a lot of conditioning in the offseason early on. I'm going to say I'm going to tag that with early on in the offseason program. Because the offseason program, what, just started a month ago or so? Somewhere close to that. I don't know. When, when did the off-season program start, Lucas? Do you know? The first phase of it was week and a half. Oh, just a week and a half ago? Two weeks ago. Maybe more. I don't know. Time's been a blur to me lately. Okay. I can't believe it's May and we're so already it's, it's over still, halfway done with May. Early. So that means you had to come in in pretty decent shape. I mean, for it to get to this level of intensity that, that they're talking about, especially because they're talking about it coming from other teams. Not like it's the Titans you know the current Titan players. This guy's coming from other teams, so all I can say is that's a, it could be a really good thing. It also could be where you timing and you don't need to be in tip top shape today. And I say that because I had to learn that throughout my whole career is that you know I, hey I'm not playing you know in May. I'm actually playing in July, so it's supposed to be a build up. So if there is this part of the build up. Great, but the way they were all talking about it, it didn't, it didn't sound like a, a build-up. It sounds like we getting in tip-top shape, like now. Like, you know, I'd go out there and run my, you know, 10, 110s with, uh, you know, a minute rest in between and trying to reach a certain time. And then as you get close to the season, you're going 30 seconds rest, uh, 110s at a, such a time. So before I was trying to act like the season was in May and then I was trying to do the 30 seconds rest time. And then I realized, you know what? I don't play now. Now it's time to 
you know, stay in good shape, but not elite shape. And then you ratchet it up. So, you know, that just observe. I don't know if that's the case here or not, but for everybody to say something from, especially the guys from the other teams, I mean, that like, well, dang, we weren't really doing it to this level. I'm going to assume at the other places. And we can't say that, oh, they came from losing places. Oh, they all came from decent organizations uh, that are used to winning ones. Tom Brady was there. They may not have been as successful as, you know, usual. But uh, and then the other from uh, San Francisco, then we all know they're a winning organization. Uh, but they are not in the heat either out there on the West Coast. So as uh, Traylon Burks learned his first season. So... uh you know, you could take heed to him being here all off season and making sure that he is ready to rock and roll, and he sure seemed to be so. Uh, says, uh, I don't think the heat will be an issue, at least as far as uh, my breathing. Yep. <laughs> Said he's been here. Which are uh, all still good things, to be honest. Uh, yep. Hopefully you can carry that on for a long string of period of time for everybody's sake. Uh, so we shall see. And let's see if the injuries are down. I don't know. Maybe they had been doing this before, and we just didn't know because no one thought to ask about conditioning, or maybe no one mentioned in conditioning by the players. I don't know. Traylon Burks also said he changed his eating habits during the year last year. Said it's given him more energy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think he mentioned that last year, so I don't think that's just as big of a deal. I think that the deal is now he continued on with you doing that, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're not in college where you can, you're the best player, you can just eat whatever the heck you want. You know, it's just, it is what it is. You want to give yourself uh, food that gives you energy and not to make you tired and sleepy or uh, muscles tight, you know. So this is all a learning process. I mean, I mean, if everybody thought that Traylon Burks was going to be the same guy he was last year, that's why I thought it was you know, uh, really just uh, silly to me to, to hide that, oh, he was out of shape. So what? He's out of shape. Guess what? He can only go up. He can only get in shape. So what's the big deal? Well, why we got to hide it? He has asthma. Well, he wasn't prepared to, to be in a heap, and maybe he wasn't working out as hard as he should have been. Oh, well, put the criticism on him on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry for it, Coach. I mean, that's, hey, now he learned, and guess what? He got better. So, yeah, he learned. So he didn't was like he was sitting on his Behind, you got to believe in who you drafted and that he will be better. And I think you knew he was a good, high-character guy and that he was going to eventually get it. It wasn't going to take him very long either. Because to have success, you know, just in in sports for sure, uh, you learn and there's ebbs and flows and you continue to, you know, plow through it uh, with an intensity level to be the best version of you. And that's what he's done. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Yeah, I expect nothing less. Now he's trying to get results. Uh, I love everything he said about that. You know, so now I'm just sticking to playing ball and being the best I can be, making my corrections and just be there for my teammates. So, yeah, that was, it was all good. Positive from all aspects, uh, from Burks and, and all the players, really. I don't know. I felt like they were still doing a little more up-tempo, but maybe I'm just taking it the wrong way. Maybe they get to the line of scrimmage just sooner than they used to with uh, more time on the clock. Maybe that is what they're actually saying. I don't know because we're not, they're not out there with a clock now, I'm sure. So they rush up to the line and get it, you know, get, make sure you get that first step. I'm like, oh, okay. Burks compared the offense to when Kendall Bryles got the job at Arkansas. He said, the offense reminds me of when Kendall Bryles, I think he said, my sophomore year at Arkansas, when Kendall Bryles, have you got this, Lucas? Um, this is, 
what Blaine was referring to, this was uh, Traylon Burks kind of talking about the because he was here last year. He was the one guy that spoke today. Who was it's what he said about the offense. Uh, mainly, man. Uh, my biggest thing was not repeating on what I did last year coming into the off season, and um, I felt like that I've mastered that and uh, can keep going, um, getting better with um, a lot of the formations and concepts of our new stuff and uh, just having fun really that's the main thing just having fun um, not having that stress on coming in as a rookie like trying to prove this guy this prove the coach this just having fun man Aaron and Chig were talking about some of that new stuff last week from from your perspective how much are things changing and, and what's it mean for you um, I would say honestly man um, it really m reminds me of my um, sophomore year in college um, with that being Browse coming in and um, just having that tempo offense and um, just knowing like that it's so much things in this offense that we have now that you can just go go be free, have fun, and just win games. So what did you take from that? Lucas? <laughs> so I guess when Mike Vrabel said, rarely are we the faster team out there, Oh, here we go with that. But you, you took literally that he wanted faster players. I, that, that's, I think, how most people took it, did right? Did you hear what Brun, I, I was going to add? H how many fast guys did they draft? What's uh, what's Ty well, J. Spears 40 time? <laughs> well, I mean, they tied in. They drafted wide right. receiver. I mean, you know. But they, you know, it's not like those guys were taunted for how yeah. elite speed they were. They're all fast. But maybe that was more about, more from a schematic standpoint mm. than a personnel standpoint. Uh, mm. I, schematic, oh. yes. It, Brunskill, who was brought here, and he's an O-lineman, probably going to be the gu a guard here, in quotes, speed off the ball on offense. Then he said this, how explosive can we be with our first step? Right, that's what I mentioned earlier about yeah. Brunskill. So yeah, he's, but that's not saying you're running faster. I mean, you're running the tempo of the, of the offense faster. To me, those are things you do automatically. You want to have your first step. Yeah. No different if you're coming off the line of wide receiver, your back pedal, your guard, your tackle. So to me, that's a broad brush answer. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're going faster. They could be, but that that answer, that part of his answer is not telling me anything about the speed. I wonder if it means to do the thing that we've talked about so many times on pregame shows when it was you and Dice and me of just running some more no huddle. Running. No, I don't think it has any none of that. that. No, mm -mm. I just think, uh, and even with uh, Berg's talking about uh, the change to Bryles, I think what people are getting confused is as soon as they hear the word Bryles, they think, uh oh, now they've turned up the whole entire offense to a warp speed. No, what he's saying is, I had to adapt to the change. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Right. Guess what they're doing now. Now, they probably are running faster on the offense, but it's not like it's a hurry-up offense. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're running at a better clip. It could be just as much as new coordinator gets the plays in faster than the old coordinator. So we get to the line, we can make adjustments, and we want to make sure we get off the ball quick and make sure that everybody's ready to rock and roll on the cadence because he even mentioned cadence of Ryan Tanner because he felt somebody he said mad at first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what I hear in football terms. I could be wrong. Because of the way they're answering the questions, uh, but it, there sure is some speed up, and as well as if they're ratcheting up conditioning, I'm putting them both together. There's some part of this somehow everything is speeded up. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they're running a hurry up offense, but they're running faster than they were last year. 
that that's what it does tell me because you have to be in better shape to run this more, let's say, up-tempo offense, and I'm going to just call it, say, faster than what they did last year. And I, I, can, I, I will not go in to say that they're running up-tempo uh, and that's their offense. Well, I don't think so either. Well, I mean, what, whatever. I mean, what when you say up tempo, you're saying on occasion, or this is something that they're regularly doing. This they're running the offense now. They're breaking the huddle, and next thing you know, they got you know twenty seconds on the clock. That's that's up tempo too, in the NFL terms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It does seem like at times under. Todd Downing, they were content to run 52 plays a game or 55. Or Trying to slow the game slow down. Slow the game down like, as like much as they the could. Walking the ball up the yeah. court in basketball. Yeah. That's it. Four corners. Yeah. So to me, that means that they're running the plays at more clips and they want more plays. Yep. Uh, and so that means they have to be in better shape. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be running no huddle. So that's why I'm trying to let's, let's don't go too far in until we see it. Like, I, I got to see it, see what they're talking about here. Before we try to say that they're, you know, pretty much running no huddle on every, you know, I, I don't just, I think that's a good change of pace every game or every three or four games, uh, right before the halves and catch guys off guard. But to say that you're going to do that every game, just imagine this. I'm about to say this. They're going, they're going to run the same, same uh, speed as a uh, UT. <laughs> no, no, they're not going to do that. No, that that's just not going to happen. Guess what? That injury number will double if they do that. Mm. There's no way you can run that with the physicality in the National Football League and the level of these guys' ability. You, you just they, They're going to run out of gas. You make it get away with that a game or two, but there's no way you can run it. That's why no one has adopted that in the National Football League, and you can only do it at sparingly at times. Because you know if somebody thought they could, they would. Yes. No I mean, doubt if about we could it. win with this, 100% yeah. we're going to do it. The, oh, the, the, the best version we'll see is a two-minute drill. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's the hurry-up offense. And you think you're going to do that entire game for 17 <laughs> weeks? Yes, yes. Man, you got to be kidding me, bro. <laughs> be exhausted. Maybe they'll get to 65. So it, it, hopefully it'll be more exciting and they get more plays in on offense. Yeah. Even if it's just 10 more plays a game. Oh, yeah. I love it. They better be in shape, though, boy. That sounds like they in some. Ooh, I I'm, I'm feel like I'm getting in shape just listening to them. Well, we've conditioned ourselves <laughs> to make it to the next segment, so we'll do that. Uh, what caught your attention in the sports world? We've already had Tyler share Up one. tempo. You can share one. Maybe it's the word conditioning. 615-737-1045. Jump on, jump in. Hit us in the Zone TV chat. If you're watching online anywhere, hit us on Twitter at Blaine. And let's see. Something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here, ma'am. Our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Mickey. Blaine Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. 
caught your attention in the sports world this week. Oh, my attention. Something catch y'all's attention with the uh, Titans vets today. Speaking, Traylon Burks in year two. Sean Murphy Bunning, the new cornerback, um, says he feels like he can play any position in the secondary. Says he knows all the positions. Uh, Aziz Alshire, the new linebacker from San Francisco. Daniel Brunskill also coming over from San Francisco. Uh, a lot of those guys talking about conditioning and uh, Traylon Burks talking about not having breathing problems and staying here during the offseason, says he feels great. Uh, mentioned his, his, his mentor last year. One of his mentors was Tim Kelly. And now Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator for the team. So, uh, Oh, that should be awesome. Then they should keep fe- featuring him, huh? Feeding the ball, besides because he's first-round pick. <laughs> hey man, if you want your Titans to be good, you need you need to like get down and say your prayers every night that Traylon Burks is who they think he is. Well, hopefully he'll become that. I think he will be. Pray but, that Burks is him. Physically though, that's <laughs> him. Physically, yeah. Well, as long as he stays healthy, I think he'll get the production. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then uh, with the tweaks of the offense, I'm gonna continue to say tweaks of the offense because uh, I still think they want to be fifty fifty on run pass. But changing when, you know, they're passing and running, not as predictable. So it's going to feel like this a balanced offense. Kind of like when you go back and look at the stats. I'm going to throw this out there, Mick. You can tell me if I'm wrong. The Green Bay game. If we went back and didn't it feel like they threw the ball more, I bet if we go back and look at the stats, I bet it's real close on run pass. But I felt like the offense was wide open. Well, that's how you want to feel after every game. Uh, So... It might have leaned towards the pass, maybe three or four more passes. but And that was at the end there when they, memory Burks got that long go route out there. So what was the number? I have no idea. Our crack research staff is. is yeah, in terms so in Green Bay, you're saying? Yes. In Green Bay, Tannehill was 22 of 27. 27. For 333 yards. The week after no, that. No, no. How many times know how many they run? run We're talking ball. about run pass in a game. Let me check. So how many rushes did... Uh, Big Henry King was playing, right? Yes. The Titans ran the ball. Oh, I clicked on the wrong game. Stand by. Okay. I'm going to guess 33. So they 27 passes. I think they ran more. They ran it. Okay. They threw 27 times. 29 times. If you include Derrick Henry, he was two for two in that game. No. (laughs) Uh, But if you don't, they threw 27 times and they ran the ball 32. 32. Yes. Now, now, leaving that game, I still felt like they threw more, but they really, it was about the same, 31-32. Yeah. Now, Tannehill had three runs it. for minus three yards. So if you take out Tannehill's three runs, I don't know if they were designed runs, then it would be 29 carries. 28 carries for Henry. <laughs> You're reading the stats, Lily. Did you ever remember Tannehill actually drawing up a play to run? That means he got sacked. And he tried to scramble. And yeah, he was trying to scramble. Up, right. So he got, he got around the line of scrimmage. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it was still close to 500, but I felt like it was a more open offense. Yeah. And it was because of when they selectively chose to throw the football for whatever reason in that game. And I'm hoping we see that and maybe a little more uh, up tempo. You know, they, they were effective throwing the ball, which yeah. they were so ineffective, so often yeah. throwing the ball. Effective. Yeah, so and so this is my reasoning why I think they think they have enough weapons at the wide receiver position. Because if Burks is healthy and if Moore and guys continue to roll with a more open 
mindset on the offense, I think they think those guys will be productive. NWI, Moore, and whoever else they want to throw into the the pot at receiver, and they feel like they they'll they'll be productive. And are they stars? No. The the, the star guy is going to be Burks. He's going to be the AJ Brown producer. And if you double him, then we got we can even throw in Chig. And oh, by the way, Spears. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be a receiving threat? He's going to be replacing Hilliard. In my opinion, of as far as his usage, and maybe even a little bit more. I I think there were games where I felt like they could have used Hilliard more than than what they did. And yeah. and there was one game in particular we went to his locker after the game and we asked him about not being in the game and we said, Hey, they just said you were hurt and he said, Well, I'm not hurt. Yep, and then guess what? He was hurt. He never did play uh, very much that next after that. Remember that, that next day he didn't even dress. Remember that though? And he, how do you not dress when you say you weren't hurt? He's standing in his locker because we were like, Hey man, you okay? He's like, No, yeah. you, you were. I, I wasn't there. I said, Hey man, <laughs> hey we're so we're like, Hey man, you okay? And he's like, Yeah, I'm fine. We just talked to that coach. He said you were hurt at the end of the game. He's like, I'm not, I'm not hurt. But he didn't dress the next game. He, I remember I was watching. <laughs> he, <laughs> he led them in receiving touchdowns, did he not? Hilliard, in his minimum but of he games. He did have a significant injury there at the end of the no, season. He, so oh, I don't gosh, even he, know if he's playing anymore. I think it was a neck or a spine or something. So he's his career may be over or he's still healing, but that's probably you know why he's not uh, re-signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he, boy, that was a I don't nasty know if he did, it on, did he do it on kickoff or was it, was he a blocking or I can't even remember how it happened, but I just remember the report after the game. So, yeah. So we shall see. See what we got. I think, man, I, I, I can't wait till I go out here and watch him uh, practice here uh, in OTAs. See how up the tempo is. What that well, actually means. Well, not just that. Um, <laughs> I think you know it, it's real interesting. Be- yeah, Hilliard had four touchdowns receiving. He played in twelve games. Yeah. Is that all the national media people and all the pundits are, are really thinking the Titans are going to be really bad? I think I saw the power rank. I don't know if you saw this, Mickey or Lucas. They had the twenty eighth. Twenty eight. The Titans. Yeah. I said, well, dang, it, it's only thirty two teams, right? I mean, dang, they're not. They're not. They can't be that. Just alone on Vrabel's coaching, veteran quarterback, the king, the offensive line has been addressed. They will be better for it. Uh, I I just can't see the team not at least being in the middle of the road type team. I I, I get baffled. I I don't understand where, where, unless they know something we don't like. Are they trading Tannehill and we don't know that yet? And they said, well, it's going to be a rookie quarterback starting? I mean, like, how do you become 28th? 28th means you're poor, horrible. You're, I mean, you may win four games. On oh, every one of these what, what is, what mock drafts say? for 2024, early 24, they're, they're picking fifth or sixth or fourth or. I think the guys what? who, I think the guys like, who. Like to me, you should lean on the local market. They're following the teams better. So we're, we're talking about bucking all the guys who are. Closely invested, you know, Tehran, these guys are there every day. Teresa Walker, who's following the programs, John Glenn. I mean, every day over a national, they get the platform, and then they're the ones who actually are not doing the homework on these people. Now, they should be talking to the local people to be having their opinion made because they're not watching every step made. So I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. So the 28th? Fifth, the fifth worst team in the league last year, just based on record, were the Raiders at 6-11. and 11. So that's kind of... 
So that's the range they're saying. The kind of that range is what they're saying. Now, see, now if Tannehill's not here, I could see them saying that. Yeah. Just him alone. I remember I said this. If Tannehill didn't start, how many games he win? I think you're middle of the road. I already said that with Tannehill. So then you're right into the six-game win if you, you're going with a rookie quarterback. That's that. I just think that's a couple of losses maybe. I, I don't know. You know, you never know. He may develop faster than we think. I, everybody knows my opinion. I, I like Tannehill, but I'm ready to turn the page. Like, you know, it's time to go on. And let's get this thing started. I know a lot of people old school. This is not 1995 when we drafted uh, Steve McNair, who sat for three years. I thought that was crazy, too. He's making millions of dollars, and I'm sitting there breaking my neck, and I'm only making $135,000. How about that? So, no, he should be out there busting his butt. And everybody, oh, you got to coddle the quarterback. This is 2023. Come on, man. If you're watching the NFL, more guys are starting at quarterback as a rookie than I've ever seen before. And the reason why is because everybody's watching 707. Everybody's developing sooner than later, and they don't need all that. Now, that that doesn't mean every now and then there's a way, depending on your situation, if you have a veteran quarterback, uh, if you're, you know, phasing them out or, you know, you don't want to start him soon. You got a veteran quarterback that you bring in to just say, hey, hold the mantle for three or four games until we get him up to speed. So there are different situations. But at the end of the day, the way college and then all the seven on seven, man, you're you're pretty much close to being ready. As long as you got the verbiage, the terminology, uh, and you're playing in the preseason without getting injured or anything like that in the offseason programs, I, I feel like it's a catch-22 like let's use Anthony Richardson, who's a vet with uh, what's he is Minshew there or whoever's there is a veteran quarterback. Yeah, Minshew. Fourth game that he's in there. This that's just the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. This is a he's a career backup guy who can spot start for three or four games and it'll look pretty solid. Well, that during that time he's getting well. Only way he can get up to speed is if he actually plays, guys. That's the only way, ladies, is if he plays. Because guess what? They already said we're going to be horrible. Well, let's get this thing right out the way now. So if I'm running and I've been very consistent that I think they should trade to Tannehill. Now, what happened was I think they just didn't get what they thought they were able to get that was worthy of it. The collateral wasn't worth it. So, and I know they tried to do Henry as well as Bayer. They just told you what they wanted to do. They asked him to take a pay cut. It wasn't because of his play. It's a business. And that's what people need to realize. This is not like college when you fall in love with the player. There's, you have a shelf life. And then the shelf life also consists of the salary cap and your pay. So what they build up must come down. And that they, they want to beat the downward tick on every player and pay starts it. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think uh, King is the only guy that's going to survive. Because he's going to walk away because they probably are never going to get what they think he's worth because he's kind of this unicorn-type running back that has to get carries and he has to go to a team that has a running team. Now, the Titan, the Tannehill is the most valuable just because he's a quarterback. And if somebody has a veteran quarterback that gets hurt, and I know a lot of people think this is crazy, but there's always going to be a possibility that they would trade. If they feel like they got all the surrounding pieces, I don't care if he even knows the offense or any relationship to the coordinator. Maybe, hey, this guy's starting this league. He'll pick it up fast. There's a possibility he can get traded even before trade deadline once the season even starts. Because if not, he walks. And that's just not economically the, the way to go in the NFL. You lose. Guess what? They always win.
me, McNair, Eddie George. You can go down all the greats with Jarrell Casey, Delaney Walker. They didn't lose. They won. They never lose. They will be losing with the king. Nobody's going to, nobody probably is going to get them. But the Tannehill and the Bayer, they, sh- they shouldn't lose. They, they should lose. And I, I know buyers of safety and th- their value is, is not what it is, even though he's an elite safety mm-hmm. still today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why he's hanging on to it. He's taking a risky proposition here. And I've said this before because they can, they can kind of bury him within the market and then everybody signs their safeties and then they gonna have to go out on a limb and say, we got cap space. We're going to cut one of these dudes and we're going to bring him in and pay him what he's worth. There's, there's some teams out there that may do that l- late in the game, and I'm talking about in July, and, and unless somebody gets hurt. Right. So I still think it's a possibility. Hey, I've never said this. I think Rand and Vrabel, and I've said they're playing both sides of this coin of trying to transition and, and revamp to, uh, you know, stick with the guys. They're right in between. They're still going to be competitive. They're doing a heck of a job, to be honest. It, no, no. Everybody knows I keep it real and I keep it 100. They're playing both sides of it. And some of it is because they had to. But what I just discussed, some players, they just couldn't trade. They didn't get the value they wanted. So they're going to still keep trying. And it, the, it's not over until training camp's over and then trade deadline. Trade deadline's what, week eight. Here's the question yeah. Vrabel has to answer because he's the one that's probably making this final call. Once the season starts, and if Tannehill isn't traded, do you say, that's the line, we're rolling with Tannehill because now I'm trying to see as many games we can win. And if they start off fast and are 3-3, three and 4-2, three, and two, you stick with Tannehill even when the trade market and somebody's quarterback gets hurt and somebody calls you. And you say, hey, you ready for Tannehill to be traded? We'll give you a fourth-round pick. What do you do? Mm-hmm. See your face? Because it's week eight is the trade deadline. Yeah. Yeah. You go, dang. Or traditionally, that's when but, it is. And you go, dang, but we're winning. <laughs> but, but, as a coach, that's all it's always about. And especially, especially how hard the first part of the schedule was. Well, this, this, to me, this, yeah, this, this, yeah, they got to start off fast. This is a tough schedule early on. But if they start fast, I'd be like, so some people going to be like, no, stick with the quarterback. That, so you're saying four, like four and three because they would have played seven games by oh, okay. week yeah, eight. Four and three, and they're still in the hunt, and maybe they're tied for first place in the AFC South because don't forget the Jaguars are playing a first-place schedule. They have a tougher schedule. <laughs> so, yeah. At least based off of last season. Yeah, all they do. And so, yeah, you don't want to relinquish that. And so guess what? At the end of the season, where you, if even if you make the playoffs and you won and done, Tannehill walks for free, and he had a good season. The King go make him some money for free. Sure does. Byard gets cut for free. <laughs> He's still on the contract. That's why I said that. I hate to say that because you know I love me some Byard. He's the best safety in tight history. But all good things come to an end, and it has to do with the type of salary he's making. It's really it at this point in time in his career. That's it. Salary cap. All right, we'll get into more Titans talking, more of what caught our attention uh, next right here. Blaine and Mickey, you got something that caught your attention. Maybe it's some of the stuff that the hitman is preaching today. 615-737-1045. Doc Rivers got can. <laughs> 
Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 Zone. What caught your attention from the sports world? Obviously, a lot of this Titans right. content right. caught ours. I, I got a curveball for you guys today, though, for mine. What, AJ, AJ who? I know. I'm not somebody said that in his own TV chat. That That's... Well, Traylon Berg start today. They, they're counting on that guy being fantastic down the street. They're counting on him... Yeah. Hey, hey, we didn't need to go sign a bunch of people. We got Traylon Burks. Yeah. I mean, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Traylon Burks. Yeah, with the crew. Yeah, Greg Greg Burton right here. Man, he said, you all's all wrong. Very good season for the Titans. I'm I'm hoping uh I don't I just don't see a six win type team. Just Vrabel in the in the offensive line better. This imagine they still run the football with a better offensive line. And a change of pace offense that's going to catch guys early, especially those first three or four games. And that's how they break down the film. Once they get three games of film, and that's that's when you start showing your tendencies. This is the things I used to lean on uh, as a as a player, and you can really see. So, I, I mean, especially with an old coordinator, as Mickey mentioned yesterday, I would go back and watch when Tim Kelly was the coordinator with the Texans, mm-hmm. and go watch every single game he was. I think he was two years there. Because the coordinators bring their playbook with them, and they don't change. And everybody knows what's going into the game if you know who the coordinator is. That's why those those divisional games are so tough, because you play them twice a year. They know your tendencies. You know theirs. So it's about execution. So when you play outside of your division, then that's when it gets a little tricky, and you don't know little small tendencies that they normally would do in critical situations. Even though you're seeing it, you know they may disguise it with different formations. So uh, I'm interested to see how this starts off early in the season because I think they need it and the change of pace and maybe they do a little more hurry up or something early on. I, I don't I don't know. I haven't watched two years of you know Kelly. I, what I did do is I went back and watched him when they played the Titans and they opened up their offense with Mills and Mills looked really good in that game. The, the, the Titans they they struggled to to win that game but they won. The, but the offense was moving the ball. Yep. For the Texans and Mills at quarterback. And he and looked like half, he was a starting type quarterback. In the second half, they had no answers for him. Zero answers. Oh, that's your your man. Amendola had a great Amendola had, he, yeah. he was so good. That was at, his, aside he quit of after that. Yeah, he, he quit. I'll never do that again. He, did he have to He retired. He, he had over 100 yards, though. Oh, yeah, like almost 200, I think. Yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of impressive. I didn't even know he was on the team before that game. Hey, I forgot. I think he was <laughs> injured like he had a hammy, like the first six games that didn't play, and that, he went a minute there. He hadn't played in a while. Somebody, Mr. Miyagi, that thing before the game because so, it looked good. I'm... I'm I mean, I, I just I feel like this team can catch some guys early if all things come together like we're hoping they do. And I'm talking about with the offensive line. And it starts there. I mean, we can talk about, you know, Skaronsky, what have you. I'd say I would play my best five. You go Dillard, Skaronsky, Brewer, Brunskill, and MPF. Dude, that's solid. Let's go to work, guys. Let's you go- got Chig. Yeah. Now you got Big Wiley. Ooh. Guys, that's one thing about Kelly's offense. Two tight ends was consistently on the football field. And even if they spread them out, they'd put the tight ends outside and put the receivers inside. Try to get a mismatch versus zone because you got your corners outside. Now you got to declare what you're doing. So, it, uh, yeah. And then, you know, NWI with Burks and the, the veteran Chris Moore, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Coming off his best year. Yeah. All right, that's some attention-getting stuff. Lucas Panzica, what caught your attention from the sports world? 
Georgia Bulldogs. Seven days. Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia Bulldogs. Secured a commitment from the number one overall player in the 2024 class, quarterback Dylan Riola, the son of legendary Lions and legendary Nebraska center Dominic Riola. A Nebraska legacy that was pursued very heavily by Matt Rule and that Nebraska staff. He was a former Ohio State commitment, but the rich get richer, and Georgia gets the number one quarterback in the country, the number one overall player in the country for the 2024 cycle in Dylan Riola. And on top of that, this morning... He's at Florida State. Uh, almost got him, too, as well, right? Florida State was in on it. I know he was committed Nebraska to Ohio State, State and decommitted. He looks 35 in some of the pitchers. He does. A big, tall guy. He's like a pitcher. He has a million different speeds that he can throw at. And on the flip side of that, this morning, former Tennessee running back Laneith Whitehead, who had been in the portal for a while, commits to Georgia. He's a Georgia kid, though, right? Is he, he was from Georgia, yeah. yeah from in the, Georgia. He was a class of 2020, recruited by Pruitt. Yeah. Big physical back. Di- didn't fit as much of what Tennessee was doing, but he'll be probably a nice depth fit in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I would, couldn't care. He's a good player. Rich Gibbs, a linebacker. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he went Rich back and forth for linebacker. And, but he had some injury issues, I think, to his yeah. shoulder when he was with Tennessee. He battled a bunch of injuries at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah that was the, so he never really touched the field. But he was a highly recruited player. Yeah. yeah. What's highly recruited by you for what caught your attention? Well, I mean, this is what's caught my attention. You know, the NBA's on right here. And it, it, Doc Rivers getting fired is what caught my attention. And when, when I'm saying that, it's not about him getting fired. It's just that it goes into, it's kind of just like, the, it's starting to be just like the NFL. Because this is a successful coach. Just imagine the mindset you're using in the NBA to hear successful coach. He's got beaten in the conference or, you know, championships or the semifinals and they just can't figure it out. All right. We all know he can coach that. That is not a question. He's been in this league way too long and got some championships. Guess what? It's always about results in the biggest moments at the biggest time. And you didn't get it done, let alone some of those players won't be back either. Maybe James Harden and his beard. Maybe his beard will be back, but he won't be. And, you know, I think he's a free agent or option to pick up. And so it just shows you the cutthroat business in the coaching industry. uh, And it's trickling down. There's no job security, regardless of your regular season record, which I think they were number two in the East. I know Milwaukee, who got ousted, who their coach got fired as well. They were the number one seed and got beat in the first round. Uh, so I would say there is no job security unless you have success uh, and only for so long in the playoffs with expectations built with the MVP on your team or one of the top 10 players in the NBA uh, and Harden being a true score and good surrounding pieces. Uh, so, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it's always about results when it comes to pro sports. Another one bites the dust. Sure does. Uh, mine is a is a rare NBA one as well. What the Lakers? Acknowledge are, me. The Lakers are in the Western Conference. Finals. <laughs> what they are? Oh, they are in the finals. You're right. The finals. They started two and ten. They remade the team during the season. I couldn't believe they were that. written off. And I'm not the big Laker guy. I'm not. I, I like LeBron. I think he's a fascinating guy, and I love right. watching him play. But I'm not some Lakers apologist. What they've done is is unbelievable. It is, and with a new coach, and they yeah, had been written off by everybody and adding people to the team. And you got Reeves, who's from Newark, Arkansas. Oh, I love him. He's turned into a great Woo. player for them. Was undrafted. Where's guy he from, Mickey? Newark, Arkansas. Well, where are you from? Harrisburg, Arkansas. How far are y'all apart? Oh, about an hour. Y'all farms touch? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, farm, my farm wasn't that big. Their dad, though, played college. 
his dad played college basketball at Arkansas State, and so did his mom. Oh, and y'all let him slip away. <laughs> he let a lot slip away over there since I slipped away. They let me slip away. What are you talking about? But it, just an unbelievable, again, you may hate LeBron because I know some of y'all do, but this has been unbelievable to watch. Yeah. They just eliminated the dang champions. Yeah. Just knocked well, them that, out. That wasn't the same team as like, I mean, they had a horrible road record, but it still was a champions, no yeah. doubt. No doubt. It was Curry to Splash Brothers. Uh, yeah, and no pressure going into the season for the Lakers. No expectations to win it all. And then all of a sudden now they're, they're uh, you know, a series away, uh, you know, to the championship. But I'm still picking the the, the Nuggets. <laughs> you got your man Joker. And, huh? You know, I like LeBron and everything just like you, but uh, I, the Joker. It's going to be interesting because AD and his athleticism and his length is going to be a tough go for the Joker. So I'm interested to watch it. So I'm picking the Nuggets versus the the Celtics in the championship, and that's hard to kind of go against the uh, two players that I actually like, LeBron as well as uh, Butler, because that's my my wife's cousin. Yeah, You've been on that's, both that's, of them since since, since the main. since the off season started, or the, the postseason started. Yeah. The NBA. You've been on the Celtics for sure, yeah. and on the Nuggets too, and Joker. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm thinking that's what's going to happen, but I, I wouldn't be upset if it's the Lakers and LeBron and man, if he makes a championship, man, how many championships has he been to? I know, I know how many he has. But how many has he been to? Not one, not two. Has he been to like three. ten? I don't. I feel like he. I know he lost to the to Dallas Mavericks and and who else? He he lost another time with the Cavs in Detroit, right? No, that was the East Conference Finals. Uh, so four time champion. So how many times did he go when he lost? Uh, yeah, I think he's lost like two or three of those. I think he's lost two. Two. Has he lost two or three? Yeah. Yeah, so this. Peyton on here says LeBron's 10-0 and in conference final series. I'm going to take LeBron, man. I'm going to take LeBron. I'm going to take, I'm gonna take my man, Austin Reeves, yeah. son of 2A State yeah, yeah, and there's a part of me. I want to cheer for him, but I love me some joker. I love. I want to see what he does to AD. AD is Mr. Inconsistent Superstar. But maybe seeking string, <laughs> not just every other game, maybe he'll get like multiple games in a row and not every other game for AD, which hey, is the run he had been on. For all you athletes out there and wannabe athletes, like, I want you to see the clinic, the Joker, who is nowhere near the athlete AD, how you beat the more athletic guy. Take note. Skill always wins. He can pull him out to the three-point line and, man, just swoosh some threes. He's got that shot over the top of his head. Oh, man, it, it reminds me when I love me some Larry Bird. This is kind of the, the love that I'm starting to have for the Joker and his skill set. And I had no idea Larry Bird. I'm seeing all these, you know, uh, IG stories of how he was talking about, hey, man, well, I'm going to shoot right here, man, and next time we after this timeout, yeah, you just be ready. Telling the whole team he's playing, then he come out there and hit, hit the shot against like Dominique Wilkins and all these dudes. Say, hey man, and then or when y'all put somebody on him, like, hey man, y'all put this dude on me, man, y'all y'all better y'all better get somebody better to put on me. Okay, here's multiple like, people. Wow. Here's multiple people saying this, and multiple articles. He's made ten finals. Ten finals. I knew it, it was ten. couple figures. Yeah, I knew it. Ten I finals. was about to say eleven. I said, but I think it's ten. I yep. think he gets the number eleven. He's about to win. I, and and here's what I said, and people laughed at me when I was on the morning show with Big Mark. He eventually, LeBron James, will eventually be the best player in the world. And just think, I grew up in the era of air. Yeah. And I'm saying that. It, it just is no way around it. It, 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 it is what it is.
All right. It is what it is. Lucas says we got to go. Hour number two coming up. Coach Mac, the Mac attack in 22 minutes or so on Blade and Mickey. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. and Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? (laughs) (laughs) In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.